So I'm joined by Josh Wilbur of uh, Steep Coffee, and we're gonna have a little chat about we're gonna have a little chat about the coffee industry, your product, how you got started, um, and uh, why don't you why don't you start by introducing yourself and Steep Coffee for those that may not have heard of you. All right, hi, uh, I'm Josh Wilbur, CEO and founder of Steep Coffee. Um, uh, Steeped is a new brewing method. Um, it's a technology that we license out as well uh, and a brand of ours. Um, so it's, you know, what we're really trying to do at Steeped is make quality coffee accessible. Uh, and we're, we're looking at becoming a new standard of how someone would enjoy coffee with, you know, while removing all the barriers of entry of uh, having a quality cup of coffee. So no machines, no plugs. Um, if someone's, you know, not enjoying the, uh, not wanting to go after like the environmental impact, it's fully compostable. So we're just trying to remove, uh, bring all the best things together and remove all the things that are difficult. So we're using specialty coffee that's ethical, uh, single serving. Um, so people can really enjoy flavor and what, what blend they want. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's what we're bringing to the marketplace. We're doing that through, we have a steep coffee brand at steepcoffee.com, but we also are working with roasters uh, and partners around the globe. Yeah. Uh, and we have, I think, over 215 uh, licensed partnerships right now with top coffee roasters uh, in, you know, um, around some. I mean, that's fantastic because you think about it, we're in 2021 and you launched your Kickstarter campaign. You launched on Kickstarter, in fact. Do you want to tell us uh, when that was and 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 how it went for you? Because that was a bit of that must be a bit of a crazy experience. I personally see a lot of coffee businesses starting up on Kickstarter. It's one of my sources to go to for for news and interesting things of what people are doing. Yeah. But I've always wondered uh, what's it like, what's the experience like. Could you tell us a little bit about how you got started and and, and whether you'd recommend Kickstarter as a as yeah. a, a channel for people for people maybe thinking about using it. Yep. Yeah. No, I came up with the idea probably like 10 years ago. And then uh, I did a couple startups in between um, FinTech and then a, a project called Bibliotheca, which had a had a pretty heavy launch on Kickstarter. It was one of the top publishing product uh, projects on Kickstarter with like a 2.3 million in pre-sales we did. So that I was actually like a, remember that product. I didn't know yeah. that was you. Yeah. <laughs> That's so, crazy. So, so I was working with Adam Green, the founder of that project, and he brought me in to kind of um, just help develop it and launch it and get it out there. So, so we had some good experience with Kickstarter, uh, but I had always done a lot of digital products, never really done the physical products. So that gave me some confidence to say, hey, you know what, that coffee idea, uh, people seem to love it. I pitch it. It's not even like they're doing me favors by saying we love that. It's like, you know, it's they actually like, hey, when can we get that? And so. So we started, uh, we decided to launch early 2017, did a bunch of trips, um, figured out the product R&D, you know, for, for a few years, 15, 2015, 16. Um, but then when it came to actually launching, uh, I said, you know what, let's just do Kickstarter because it's a great place to get the story out there. So we didn't actually use it for funding. Uh, we were already kind of on our way there. We used it as a, a marketing platform to essentially just put a line in the sand or a stake in the ground and say, hey, this exists. We're launching. Uh, we did press. It, it was a forcing function uh, for a V1 website because we have all these marketing ideas and Kickstarter makes you put them there. Uh, so that was a you know, so a couple all-nighters and all of a sudden we had all the 
the marketing material lined up and uh, displayed out for people to see. Uh, we, we crushed our goal, but it, it, we didn't even, I didn't send out a single email and apparently 90% of Kickstarter wow. success is through emails. So <laughs> it was all just natural social talking. And uh, so we did really well with it. We were able to then deliver our product the next month after it closed because we were already ready to go. So it was a quick fulfillment. So people appreciated that, which you don't always see. with Kickstarter. You do not normally get that on Kickstarter. <laughs> I'm still waiting on some things. I've even lost track of what I'm waiting for. That's, so, uh, that, but, but that's how we used it. And that's, it, it was just basically saying, Hey, we exist. It's here. Let's get this thing started. And we, we've been kind of off and running since then. Right. I mean, just to put this really clear front and center and you're going to hate me. All right. So I, I know you're going to hate me, but basically steep coffee in a nutshell, it's coffee in a bag, right? But it's nice coffee in a bag that tastes nice once it's brewed as opposed to, you know, just your, your genetic coffee. And we're going to talk a little bit more about why it is and, and how you go about that process to make, because effectively we're talking about speciality coffee. Right? And, and I know that, that, that you, you've, you've got approval from the SCA and you've gone through, I mean, you're a coffee lover and some of the roasters working for you are, you know, ra I raised eyebrows. I was like, oh, those, oh, those guys. Okay. You know, yeah. so you've got a lot of credibility and, um, but, but so there's a really interesting angle here, which is it's, it's coffee in a bag. Tell me what it is that the problem you were trying to solve. So, so yeah. you must have thought about there. There's an issue there, and 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 you thought that the the coffee in a bag idea was going to solve it. What was the problem? Yeah. So the problem was more of a macro issue versus how do we how do we solve it was more of like what to solve, right? And so we've got pods are a major issue. Single serve market has been trending for decades. Uh, you know, at orders of magnitude, uh, you can go into a lot of stores and they don't even have coffee sections anymore. It just says single serve and then it's all coffee uh, with some beans on the bottom shelf or something like that. And it's, and so seeing this trend just kind of take off, but at what cost? And so, you know, we did some early calculations and we see, you know, if you put pods next to each other side by side that have sold since uh, I think uh, 2000, uh, was it 2009 or something like that? It's, it's um, I might be off on my numbers, but basically we did our calculations on how, how many pods are out there. And when we did this years ago, and it's, it's increased since then, it was 130 times those pods could go around the equator of the earth. And that's all sitting in landfills. So it's not just once around the world, it's 130 times all of those sitting in landfills. We're like, that's an issue. Um, so let's solve for that. Let's solve on the sustainability aspect. Um, also the machines themselves are a major environmental, you can't recycle those or compost those they are just wasted machines and they have their own problems with getting funky and, uh, and things like that. And then you got to throw them away and replace them. So the machines themselves, plus they're plugged in, you can't take them with you. Uh, so they're not portable. You lose the convenience factor and that's supposed to be solving for convenience It's single service supposed to be convenient. So let's solve for that too. Um, so there's, you know, and then also especially quality coffee. It's, that's a, another huge growing trend. So how do we bring together specialty and convenience, you know, quality and convenience together for the first time. And so that's what we really set off to do in order to make quality coffee accessible for everyone. We wanted to make sure we bridge that gap. Um, and then, you know, thus entered steeped coffee and it wasn't, it was, it, 
when I first came up with it, it I was, uh, I think 10 years over 10 years ago now, and it, it wasn't something that was available or existed. And, you know, that people hadn't tried to put coffee in a tea bag yet. Um, so, you know, to, to my knowledge. And so I started doing that and just playing around with it with an MVP, get it to work, made all my friends try it. You know, they all rolled their eyes like everything else I make them try, just, you know, and um, and it worked enough, but it needed a ton of innovation. It just didn't work on its own. Right. So, so an um, MVP is a minimum viable product for, for yeah, the nerds. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so this, you actually touched upon one of the questions which um, which which I wanted to ask, which was, you know, being being very frank, the industry is full of of people like myself who who get very uh, uh, excited about, you know, I don't know, flavor profiling and you know the exact roast date and you know uh, how long those beans have been open for everything. You know, and the way yeah. that we make our coffee is very precise, and 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 we have to try and make you know they co- they call it the guard shot and espresso and yeah, so for you and your and you came to play in that industry you know you came to yeah. play with people that were you know basically setting a very very high bar for you i imagine some of the reactions you must get when you when you're, you're at a dinner party and somebody says oh josh what do you uh, what do you do and you say well i i make this coffee in a bag and yeah. uh what do you say to that that person that 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 tries to win them over in, yeah in- i uh, well, going going back to your point on just the space that we're playing in as we're developing out the product it's when we when we set out to find to kind of crack the code on this how do we get this where it's it is really good uh we're going to especially coffee people and and these are the brands that put their beans on the shelf and then actually require the grocery to take them off after two weeks because they don't want it to tarnish their reputation on quality and freshness i didn't know that so these companies not only wouldn't let their beans sit around, they would never grind their coffee, put it into a single serving, and then let you have a shelf-stable product for six months or something like that. So that's just unheard of. So when we're offering a convenient product to these high spec, you know, top brands for specialty coffee, you know, we're in a whole new ball game. So when we started developing out the product, it was how do we get it to work for this audience? And then everyone else that should work for, because what we want to do is come up with a brewing method that's new. So it's a new steeped coffee brewing method that's actually driving this. So it's not just the coffee we're putting in it, but the coffee anybody puts in it translates into what that coffee is. So if someone's like, hey, I don't like the coffee, it's, well, that's the coffee. The brewing method is getting out of the way. Right. So all of our innovation went into working with those roasters and all of the R&D went into, okay, what are all the things we need to do to make this so it's not coffee in a tea bag, but it's a new brewing method that actually works, uh, that people want to drink and get that wow factor from. So and let's so expand that was, upon that just for a yeah, second. Let's expand yeah. upon that because I, I'm personally fascinated about diving into the tech, into the technology yeah and you've approached this with a number of things i'm just imagining you josh standing at the whiteboard and you've got your list up there and it's like okay it has to be you know compostable and you know etc 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 it has to have all these things and I, and i don't know how long it took you to work through that list but perhaps you give us a little bit of an insight into what the list was of, of what your objectives were and how you made the technology work because 
is is and whether the technology is in the product or whether it's in the the processing the creation yeah. if, if and the packaging if you, if you understand what i mean yeah yeah it's it's the combination of a ton of uh details and fixing a ton of things all together at once um so we we basically just kept solving for for different issues and then once we get each one of those things you know uh taken care of uh, all of those innovations together added up to a, a more of a major innovation. Um, so whether it was looking at how much coffee we need, you can't just put a small amount in a small bag, you know, it's going to be a good size bag. So we went to SCA for, you know, like that 15 to one golden ratio, like water right. to coffee. So let's make sure we have that. So we actually get the right extraction and, you know, um, uh, you know, different numbers that the coffee industry looks for in like the strength of the quality and the caffeine and all this kind of stuff. Um, let's look at, uh, in order to make the bag big enough, we had to make sure that we're doing, so what we, uh, we ended up doing ultrasonic welding on our filter material. So that's, that's like basically making sure you don't have any borders of the bags. So we don't need glue staples, all this kind of stuff. And we can actually put a max amount of coffee in, uh, then we had to, you know, find just the right filters. So, we, you know, worked on developing, um, you know, that match. So it wasn't just, you know, a tea filter, water would come in and all the gr grinds would fall out, but a coffee right. filter actually is designed to keep water um, kind of in. So it drips through slowly. So if you put your coffee in that, then no water's getting in and no water's getting out. So we came up with these steeped full immersion filters, which is the perfect ratio that keeps the coffee in for the grind that we need lets the water in and then lets the steeping happen and then the flavor out. And so, so those were a huge kind of aha moment for us as well. Plus how do you keep the coffee fresh? So we triple nitrogen seal our bags. So there's no oxygen. Uh, so there's no oxidation, which is why food goes bad. And then, so now we have, uh, when you open that bag up after months, you open the bag up and it fills the whole room as if you had just freshly ground the coffee. Um, right. Then we incorporated processes. So when we get the beans to when we grind to when we package, it's literally freshly, freshly roasted, freshly ground. Uh, and that's being translated. Uh, so it's, you know, essentially stopping the clock on the coffee aging. Um, yep. And so it's really just stays really fresh. Um, uh, so a lot of the challenges were around yeah, the everything. water, I imagine that because water, it always comes down to water with coffee, right? Yeah. It comes down to, you know, the uniformity of the grind and, and some of the things like that, which I imagine you can set up. And because you've got, you're working with a finite number of uh, coffee roasters that yeah. the, the beans you're getting from them, presumably they're, they're sending you the beans and you're grinding them, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, we're precision grinding everything. So you can um, control that element of it very, very precisely. Yep. And then you can move from the grind to the packaging very quickly. Is that right? Yep. Yeah. And yeah, and it's, it's really just kind of being obsessed with details uh, because I mean, if you think about it, we've got this coffee that's being handpicked. Uh, it's, it's like really great quality. So people are paying for it. Then it's getting shipped then it's getting, you know, specially roasted. And then that's like all these amazing things have happened to get it to us. So we want to make sure that when we get that coffee, we're stewarding that in the same way that honors all the, everything that's gone into it. Right. And so we're precision grinding. We actually water cool grind. Cause if, if you don't pay attention to all these little details, all of a sudden you can actually recook, 
you know, re-roast the coffee through grinding. So we don't let that happen. So it's, it's really just being obsessed with all the little details uh, to make it all come together. And then at the end of the day, it's what are we using for materials as well? And that's where we put a lot of our innovation up front because uh, frankly speaking, I just didn't want to create a product to in turn create garbage. Um, I wanted to make sure that we were leaving, you know, no footprints left behind sort of thing as much as possible. Gotcha. So we're going to, we're going to talk about that because I know that's yeah, really yeah. important to you, yep. but first I need to ask, um, my obligatory, really stupid question. Cause I, 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 <laughs> I only just thought about this literally as we were talking about the water going into the bag and I apologize to all the clever and science people out there beforehand, but so when the water, so you put the bag into the water, into the cup. Yep. And the water goes in, so it's, it seeps in, it goes into the bag. And um, if you assume, assume that you're not stirring it around or anything, you're just leaving it there for, yep. is it like five minutes? You leave it in there? Yeah. So, so here's the directions real fast, because every yeah. brewing method has its own kind of set. I mean, and, and the great thing about steeped is you can, you can pretty much do anything. And like I can send anybody a bag of steep coffee at their home. And I know no matter what their equipment what they're, you know, brewing drip, whether they have a grinder scale, you know, French press, pour over, you know, pod machine, whatever it is, I know that they can make it because it's just water in a bag. It's all pre-portioned, pre-ground. Uh, so at the end of the day, it's going to work. But the kind of like pro tip instructions would be you put the steeped bag in your cup mm-hmm. and you pour water over it. So it's like a pour over. Mm-hmm. Um, then you dip and dunk and it agitates it and it actually that was the clever word i was looking to try to use the agitation of the yeah, coffee so whether you need to agitate it or not yeah so it actually you dip and dunk 15 30 seconds and that's like a french press when you stir it it actually starts blooming in the bag and you right. can see crema form in the bag and all this stuff oh, nice. and then once you've done that you basically just leave the bag in it's not like tea it doesn't get bitter over time it just keeps getting better until it plateaus so you can leave the bag in um and just let it ride and then when the water's cool enough to drink, typically that's like five minutes, you just start drinking it. So, you know, it's, it's got time where it, you know, it steeps. Um, and then eventually you can just enjoy it. So that's, you know, uh, how that works. So Great. yeah, it's understood. Bag in, pour over, dip and dunk. Dip and dunk. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, uh, let, let's go on to, to talk about the, um, to talk about the social impact element of the business. I know this is actually a central pillar to the way your approach, the way you have an approach in business and, and the coffee industry, of course, lends itself to, to needing that social impact, uh, um, concern. Um, so tell me how, how you integrated this into the business. Cause I know that it's, it isn't just a, and we have this program over here that does some good for some people, but it's actually, you've actually baked it into the DNA of the business. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. We wanted to make sure that integration was pretty strong. It's not, you know, like a, a, a dualistic type, you know, you've got this over here and, but our business over here, this is just business as usual excuse. Um, for, for me, I've always been involved in different projects that I've been drawn to that are purpose driven. Um, whether it's been, uh, fintech stuff I did had a lot of purpose around that, uh, the Bibliotheca stuff I did ministry for a while. So I've always been kind of driven towards those, uh, 
um, aspects of life. So when I came to starting my own company, I really wanted to make sure that that was at the foundation of who we were and what we were. So it wasn't just, you know, you know, um, an add-on, but the core of who we were. So we're actually a benefit corporation. Uh, so we actually amended our corporate articles. So we're legally allowed to pursue double bottom line business. So we're purpose as well as profits. And so when we look at and we report on the success of our company, the success on our company is how we're doing as a business financially, like, like most companies, but then also how are we doing on purpose? And, um, and those two things together formulate our success. And so we actually look at how we're doing based on those two things. Uh, and then out of that, uh, we, we do all kinds of other things. We're actually a B, uh, B Corp, certified B Corp. So third-party validated for you know, how we're treating employees, the planet, um, sustainability, our policies, everything. It, it really looks at the whole aspect of the company and says, you know, you're you know, qualified here as a, as a B Corporation. Um, but then we do other initiatives as well. We actually, we have this thing called marketplace, uh, our marketplace missions directive. And that's just a background, uh, program that keeps developing, uh, for different ways that we can do good. And so, uh, I think last year we did, um, uh, you give, we give program after COVID hit, uh, just seeing a real need for healthcare workers, uh, working long hours, needing to be encouraged and fueled. So, uh, people would um, get packs for the healthcare workers, and then we would match those and deliver them to hospitals. And the program actually did really well. We were actually to give a, uh, gave away around seventy thousand packs or more. Mm-hmm. Um, we got some, I think, some tweets from Chrissy Teigen and Kim Kardashian on, it, and Ellen ended up uh, partnering with us. And we were actually able to give away fifty thousand packs just through Ellen uh, through That's their kind box and. I mean, it was really cool. So that, that's a lot of fun. Um, we have a 1% giving account. So top line revenue, 1% um, gets donated. Um, what do you, where do you, where does that, what do those funds get allocated to? Do they stay in the U S or do you send some back? Do you put it through the supply chain back to the, the farmers? How does it get, uh, get distributed? Yeah. On, on that program, essentially people are like, well, how do you start something like that? I'm like, well, you just kind of do it. I mean, we started it last year and it was one of those really like you're a growing startup, you're still getting fundraising and all this stuff's happening. Um, but like, you're going to, you're going to start a giving account, <laughs> you know? And it's like, well, yeah, because we can do it now. And it's part of who we are. If we try to do that later, it's going to be not part of our model. It's going to be very hard to like start that. So let's just start it now where it's really small and we're, you know, like at first it was like, wow, we have 500 bucks in the account. Then all of a sudden it grows and grows and grows. And now that's encouraging because our revenue isn't just for revenue. It's actually when we get revenue in, we know that a percentage of that we're going to be able to give away and do something with. So it actually changes the perception of uh, growing our business and bring in because we know that as the business grows, we're able to do positive things with it. So for us, it was just starting it, just start. And then so we just started a checking account and we just started putting stuff into it weekly. Um, and then we would report out to the company, Hey, rather than reporting on revenues, we would actually report on the giving account. Um, just so people would get really excited around that concept. Um, and, and then, uh, we started a DAF, a donor advice fund. And then that's where we're going to just donate those funds into, 
Uh, so we just started that, the DAF, and then funds from our checking are going to go into the DAF, and then eventually that goes out. And it's um, we're actually still deciding on what to do with it, whether it's um, like a board decision or whether it's partners that we're partnering with already in other ways, and we want to come behind them more. So, so for us, you know, as a startup, uh, that's just an exciting thing that we get to navigate still. Um, and I think it's going to probably end up going hand in hand with some of our other programs. Uh, we have a PAX for Good program where um, we'll have like a, we have uh, nonprofit web pages. And when people come into that page, 20% of top line revenues actually from those purchases go back to the nonprofit. Uh, so that's another thing we're doing. So because of that, we're establishing some strategic partnerships with nonprofits. And so maybe there's something to do there with our 1% giving, but we're just seeing that account grow right now. We're really excited about figuring out what we're going to do with it. Um, but the, I guess my advice on that for anyone kind of listening is if you want to start something, don't worry about all the details, just start it. It'll get developed and it gets really fun being able to focus I'll on that versus totally everything else. I totally concur. If you yeah. um, if you if you do the sensible thing, which is to wait until you know you can quote afford it, um, there'll always be a reason why you can't afford it. Like this year is not a good year, but we'll do it next year. Next year, oh, that's going to impact our growth strategy. Let's put it off another year, and you end up never doing it, and it ceases to become part of the culture. So it doesn't matter how little it is, but just doing something yeah. and making that kind of who you are at an early stage is. Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely agree with you. So, thank you very much for taking us, uh, taking us through that. And you recently won an award. I'm going to embarrass myself because yeah. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to correctly pronounce this. But why don't I just not mention the name? But you why don't you tell us about this recent award that you won? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this is exciting. We, uh, K, uh, so Kehi is a distributor uh, for grocery in, you know, uh, that we're partnered up with here in the states and. Um, they work with a lot of organic, natural food, things like that. So they're a pretty large grocery distributor, uh, right. and, you know, retail and specialty and, and things like that. So we got best of show with them, which was uh, really fun. Um, and it wasn't just for like coffee or like beverage or coffee or, or something like that. It was actually the entire show. Uh, so all food categories, uh, we got best of show with that. So that, that just put a lot of great light on what we're doing in the product and, um, we've had a couple of awards over the years and they, they, they've all been like, um, uh, I, I've just been really honored by them. Uh, we had the specialty coffee, um, you know, best new product and packaging back in 2019. And this, right. especially, you know, because all uh, your packaging is compostable. There's nothing in there. You can just put it in the flower bed and it's going to decompose over i think so is, isn't there like a half-life of three months or in general in order to meet that criteria something like yeah that? so so all of our materials that we use um so so basically we're our whole product is commercially compostable so we haven't we're we're actually going through home compostable trials right now for our inner inner bag but the entire product is made uh we try to maximize uh renewable materials so where we're you know the source of where it's coming from. We like it to be plant-based. So it's returning, you know, from the earth back to the earth. Um, uh, we also try to make sure our supply chains are close to home. So there's not shipping stuff all over the world. Uh, we try to get our weight of our packaging down. We're actually on like version five of our packaging. 
we always are improving it in the background. Um, we try to increase performance and reduce impact. And so that's, that's kind of our constant goal. Um, Fantastic. Yeah. So Should we move the yeah. conversation on to just to roasters a little bit here to the product itself and the actual coffee? Yep. So there's multiple ways you could have approached the market and the way you do things. Um, but you decided to partner up with a number of, uh, of roasters uh, for them to, to basically pack uh, or for them to basically create the, the product, which you then pack. Yep. But what was quite interesting is that you, your, your branding is very simple. It's very straightforward, right? So, so why don't you just tell us a little bit about the decisions behind, because this would have driven me insane. Right, with all the potential different variances and ways that you could have done it, I'm yeah. really interested to know how you ended up saying we're going to partner with these big roasters, these well-known quality roasters, and we're going to end up offering a package to to the consumer that is very straightforward. I.e., you've got a light roast, you've got a medium roast. Tell us about that. Yeah. So when it came to starting the steeped brand, we essentially started that brand because it didn't exist, and we just needed a vehicle to get it out there. So it ended up being somewhat of a showroom for us, um, mm -hmm. leading to uh, future you know, opportunities that we, we wanted to see this thing grown in a um, uh, more holistic, kind of like across the industry way. So it wasn't technology that we wanted to just develop and keep to ourselves. We wanted to find a way to share it. So it's a proprietary method. Uh, we've, you know, we're, we've got patents pending on it. We've Got a you know twelve different trademarks uh, around the whole uh, ecosystem of this method, um, and so we started with steeped, but to really keep it basic, we just did light, medium, dark, French roast, and decaf. So just covering the bases so people could experience uh, the method. Uh, but eventually, what we started was our licensed partner program. So being able to partner with um, top roasters around the country and the globe. And so then that, that came into helping us get the word out there a little bit more, because when, when somebody who would never do this partners with us, it really helps bring, um, you know, uh, it helps propagate the method. So it gets out there. It helps, you know, it helps people realize that this is, you know, this is actually something that's legit. Um, if, you know, Hey, if this company did it, they, it must be good sort of thing. And, and we, we actually had companies, uh, one of our roasters brought us through university testing on a weekly basis for eight months before accepting the method in. Oh. Um, and they, they tested it for everything from TDS to strength, quality, uh, uh, testing it back to the original bean, how it brewed. Um, I mean, you name it, freshness, oxygen. Uh, they, they tested everything. And you know, every week we get a phone call, still good. Um, and then that qualified. So, so we really went through some early trials with that to, to you know, validate the method, uh, working with each roaster in order to help get that out there more. And we would do that through, you know, looking at it not as the steep coffee brand, but as a steep coffee method uh, that these roasters would be partnering with and adopting. So that's what we've really gotten out there is this method, uh, because it's, it's not the coffee necessarily in the bag. It's, you know, driving the method. It's the methods driving the method and the roasters just want the coffee to taste like it would at their coffee shop. 
Um, but at home or camping or on an airplane or at a hotel or, you know, wherever that might be, um, they want that barista approved experience. That's where we kind of coined that. Like this product is barista approved because people were really putting us through the, the, you know, the trials to make sure that this was as good as they wanted that coffee to taste like. And Um, so, I mean, obviously you're very passionate about and about the product and, and, and rightly, rightly proud of what you've achieved with it. Um, I've heard that you uh, this, you can validate the story or not that you that you walk around with packs of coffee in your pocket and you give them out <laughs> at, at occasions to uh, to people on airplanes and things. Is that, Make it rain. Is that, is that, <laughs> you get a pack. You get a pack. Yeah, this must be this must be great. You must be very popular uh, when you're when you're traveling. Yeah, yeah. Pre-COVID, <laughs> I, I, we had some fun stories on airplanes where we we're just going down the aisles, giving to everybody, and the the flight attendants. Well, oh, this is. Can I get some more for my next flight? And uh, <laughs> well, let's be honest. The, 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 I don't know what it's like in America. Well, I do. I used to. I lived in America for five years, but that was a long time ago. I don't imagine it's changed. I imagine the coffee on the planes in America are very similar to the coffee that we get everywhere else, which is just terrible. It's almost as if. And not only is it terrible to add. Add uh, to add to the injury, they they charge you like a ridiculous amount on on a plane, you know, three euros or five dollars for a coffee or something, and then they give you what is quite possibly like the worst cup of coffee. Like you, you, you would have to try hard to make coffee that bad, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so the idea that I can just say to you know, I actually really like this idea. I can be on a plane. And I could just say, can I just have some hot water, please? I brought my own coffee and then you know, put yeah. that in. Yeah, yeah, no. So, uh, yeah, we definitely share that same stigmatism here uh, with different verticals. And we, we're just trying to change that, essentially. Uh, we're trying to make it so there's no excuse for that anymore. You know, you've, you've got coffee that can be enjoyed anywhere. It's accessible. It's quality. It tastes good. Um, it's sustainable. Uh, it's the right amount, you know what I mean? It just kind of works for all situations. Yeah. And, and that's why we're, you know, trying to basically create a new standard of how to enjoy coffee. Um, so Super. Josh, listen, we're going to wrap things up. I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you go, but I'm going to ask one last question and thank you so much for your time. I'm going to ask one last question, which is what does the future hold? And specifically, uh, tied to that question, um, what are your international plans? Uh, I say that obviously, from being in the UK where, where I don't have access to, to your product. Um, what's your, what are your international plans and, and what does the future hold for the business? Yeah. Um, so business has been going great. Um, we are, uh, we do have, uh, partnerships with people in Europe, United Arab Emirates, um, Australia. So, so you, you know, you can find the steep method in different locations. Um, we always are, you know, shipping stuff internationally as well. So I'll give you a little plug, but steepedcoffee.com, S T E E P E D steepedcoffee.com is a great place to go for just general information. Uh, whether it's, you know, learning more about it or the background or, or whether it's just getting some samples and trying it out. Uh, but, um, we are going more and more on an international front as well. Um, so, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, and, you know, I think moving forward, we want to just make sure that as we're growing and as we're, you know, uh, coming into our own in, in this, that we're doing it in the right way. So you can be sure that we're going to continue to do that. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to continue to be one of the only uh, fully compostable methods 
outer packaging and inside the whole thing is compostable. So we'll keep that going. Um, you know, and, and no matter what it is, we're looking at all those aspects. So uh, we really want to make sure that that double bottom line, that purpose beyond profits, you know, that coffee without compromise uh, mission that we have, those values are uh, continuing. So whether it's us or whether it's one of our partners that you, you see that we're involved with, uh, you know that that's behind it. And so you can you can be sure of that as well. So, you know, as this develops out, there's some really exciting things coming up and we'll just keep that going. But, you know, um, we want to make sure that our name goes hand in hand with uh, doing things the right way and doing things differently. And wherever you see that, whether it's uh, on someone else's brands or, you know, or, or elsewhere, then you can be sure of that. So. Thank you so much for your time, Josh Wilbur. It's been a pleasure. Appreciate it. Love it. Thanks so much. Great hanging out with you.